Yes, yes, God bless you guys. Welcome to the Rock Church. My name is Marcus, campus pastor at Point Loma. So excited to be here today. Pastor Miles is allowing all the campus pastors to preach today, so I'm really, really blessed. I want to say hello to everybody online. Hello, all you guys at the micro sites all throughout San Diego. Hello, all of our military as well. And we know, Sonny, yeah, let's give it up for our military. Yes, absolutely. And we have Pastor Travis who's sick today. So San Isidro is, is checking in today. Andale, San Isidro. ¿Qué onda? ¿Cómo están? Muy bien. All right, good. This is, this is for them. Well, God bless you guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome today. I'm, I'm super excited to be here. It's, it's the 4th of July weekend. It's July 3rd. It's, it's right in the heart of summertime. Man, I, I have great, great memories of being a kid in summertime. Wasn't summertime... When you were a kid, wasn't it the best? When you're an adult, summertime just means it's hotter. <laughs> right? But when you're a kid, it meant freedom. And I think that's the best part of summertime when you were a kid. It was, a, it was the freedom. Going outside all day long on your bicycle, right? And like you came home just, when, just when the light, before the lights came on. Parents didn't know where I was, what I was doing. If I had lunch, but if those lights came on, I better be inside ready for dinner, right? And, and, and today's July 3rd. In 1985, over 30 years ago, anybody else here? We're kind of kids in the 80s, anybody? Right? Yeah, yeah it was, man, I love growing up in the 80s. So 1985, July 3rd was the release of Back to the Future. Today. Yes. Yes. Uh, and that was right in the heart when I was a kid. And so here's the scene. If, if you don't remember the 80s, and, and follow along with me. Just, you, use, use your imagination. If There was these watches called Swatch watches. Guys, if you had a Swatch watch, you had, at least you had some dates. If you had polo cologne and a Swatch watch, you could get a girlfriend. OP shorts, Ocean Pacific. Now, I lived on the East Coast, but for some reason, we wore OPs. We should have wore OAs, I guess, Social Atlantics. But the special thing about these shorts is that they were really shorts. Right? Do you guys remember that? Right up to here. I mean, it was like you would go to jail nowadays wearing these shorts. And the best ones were the ones that were corduroy. Right? When you use them so much, remember the corduroy swish? And then now it kind of gets see-through in your thighs. So summertime was the best. And I remember we used to go on trips when I was a kid growing up. I grew up in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. I was born in Panama. Grew up in Fayetteville, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. I'm a military brat. Like I said, my dad was a Green Beret, special forces for 25 years, Vietnam veteran. Amen. As a matter of fact, if you're in the military right now, can you stand up? So we just want to thank you for serving our country. Yes. Yes, all the men and women. Yeah. Yes. Shake their hands. Someone shake their hand and thank them right there. We thank you guys. Thank you guys. God bless all of you. God bless all of you. So I grew up on a military base, 
And I remember we would take trips summer times. And back then we would, it, you weren't an official family back in the day unless you had a van. You guys remember that? And, and back in those days, there were vans. There were real vans. Not minivans. And when I got married, I had a Mustang GT 5.0 convertible. Somehow, I'm on my fourth minivan right now. What happened to me? So my wife and I, we have four kids. We put all our four kids in the minivan a couple weeks ago, and we drove up north, right? Just drove up north, went up to Petaluma. Petaluma is about an hour north of San Francisco, and my kids were complaining all the way, and nah, 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 like, just be quiet, Right? I felt sad, though, because back in the day, we had real vans, like A-team vans, like, like Mr. T drove a van. Like, it was cool. Mr. T would not drive a minivan. And so my kids are there, and we used to just run around the minivan, causing trouble, and all of them in their seatbelts, strapped, like, right, going all the way to Petaluma. And we drive down, so we did, like, a West Coast West Coast is the best coast store, right? We started up there, saw the big trees, made our way from San, to San Francisco, rode the trolleys, bought myself some Jordans at the Nike store. I know y'all been looking at them. I know you were looking at them right there. Yes. Right? Came down, went to Monterey, went to Santa Cruz, went to uh, 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 Pismo Beach, ended up in L.A. for a couple days. It was just freedom together. And everything was great until I came down that hill, coming down St. Louis Obispo, and I heard, woo, 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 woo. And I thought to myself, well, faster rhymes with pastor. So I got pulled over with my four kids in the, in the back of the minivan and my wife, wives, you know what I got. I got that look, right? The, and then you, you go into that, like a, that pullover panic. Are you with me? Anybody ever get that pullover panic? Like, oh man, what's your, you know, you start sweating. Start, and I was like, how can I get out of this? How can I get out of this? I look at my wife. I go, honey, are you pregnant? Maybe you're pregnant. Can I tell them you're pregnant? Officer, she's pregnant. In two weeks, but we just want to get to the hospital in time. So I was like going through these excuses in my head, like, man, I'm just guilty. Just cold busted. An officer comes up, and I'm like, oh, man, this just stinks, and I'm praying, Lord, forgive me. Lord. And like, Lord, and you know, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, can you tell them to take away the ticket? I mean, is that, is that biblical? I'm mean, like, what verse is that? I don't know, I can't find him. Take away the ticket, Lord. And then he comes up and he's all, can I see your driver's license and registration? I got my driver's license. And then my wife, we just bought our minivan, right? And now she's in charge of the paperwork. Because she's an accountant. And she starts looking for the registration and registration's not there. So I'm looking at my wife like, how could you? How could you not have the registration? Try to turn it on her, huh? Look at you, look what you got us into. 
No, I didn't do that. Like, honey, she's apologizing because she's a rule follower. I'm like, honey, relax. I got us in trouble. Like, I'm the one that got us busted. It's my fault, but we don't have our registration. Now she's nervous. Now she feels like we're getting in extra trouble. Like, in her mind, we're going to prison. We got four little half-breeds running around looking for the mom and dad, stuck somewhere in Pismo Beach. And the officer comes back. And that's that long walk, you know what I mean, when they go back to their car. And they're kind of slow. Like, you never see them go back to the car like this. You know what I mean? So I was like, I'll be back. So like, good, take your time, because it gives me enough time to pray. So he comes back to the window, you know, and he's like, you know what, you don't have, you're going, you know, 85 miles an hour. And um, you don't have your registration. So, yeah. He goes, uh, and since you don't have your registration, I'm going to forget about the speeding ticket. And I'm just going to give you a little fix-it ticket for your registration. And I said, yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> and so they went off the hook. And the feeling I felt when now I had that freedom once again was just a huge blessing. And it's a blessing to be free. Amen? The only bad thing is now I really had to go fast to make up for the lost time of getting pulled over. Today's message is called the face of freedom. And we all want to be free. We don't want to be under the subjugation, under the rule of others. And today we're talking about the face of freedom. And tomorrow we will be celebrating 4th of July, but we will be celebrating Independence Day. And in 1776, our forefathers signed the Declaration of Independence Because this nation was sick and tired of being under the subjugation of Great Britain and King George. So they said, we've had enough. No more. And this started the Revolutionary War that started actually in 1775. But the Declaration of Independence was kind of like the culmination of Congress getting together along with the 13 colonies and making a stand against King George and Great Britain and said, no more. But that act caused a war. And we celebrate our freedom. And as we're eating our hot dogs tomorrow and having a good time, we need to know that the irony of the word freedom is that it's anything but free. And so America went through this war, battle of this war, the American Revolutionary War to gain their independence. Well, today, as people, as believers, as children of God, if you've made a decision to be independent from sin, independent from Satan. I encourage you guys to remember that time when you signed in yourself with the Lord a declaration of independence from Satan saying, no longer will I be under your rule. It stops here today. So by America taking that stance, it caused the war. And if today you are a believer, if you are a Christian, then you went into a war as well. You guys following me? A battle because freedom, you guys, is not free. But fortunately, that battle has been fought on our behalf. Fortunately, Christ has paid the price of our freedom. And tomorrow as we're having a great, great time, 
Here's some fun facts about the 4th of July. In 1776, there was 2.5 million people in the United States. Today, there was over 300 million. Tomorrow, 26% of the people will set off their own fireworks. 26% of this nation. That means all 26% of those people will get yelled at by their moms that day. 150 million hot dogs will be consumed on the 4th of July. That's enough to stretch from D.C. to L.A. five times. The record for eating hot dogs in 10 minutes? 60 hot dogs, hamburgers, and buns. That's a lot of hot dogs. 76% of the nation tomorrow will be together and gather with family. 76%. 80% will attend a barbecue picnic or cookout. That means 4% of the people love barbecue more than they love their family. <laughs> if we open up our Bibles to the book of John, John chapter 8. Like I said, today's message is called The Face of Freedom. What does it look like to be free? True freedom. What does it not look like to be free? And I typically have three points in the message, and today is very, very simple. Just going to have two basic points today, but that's going to open up in the book of John chapter 8. If you could go to verse 31 with me. And it says this, to the Jews who had believed him, him being Jesus, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples, If you hold to my teachings, you're my disciples, then you will know the truth. Everybody say truth. Truth. And the truth, everybody say truth, Truth. will set you free. So Jesus said, look, if you hold to my teachings, if you're doing what I'm asking you to do, then, then you're going to know the truth and the truth will set you free free. Well, then we need to understand then what is the truth. Well, later on, Jesus and John, in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. Are you guys following what I'm saying here? Jesus said, you guys need to know the truth. You need the truth, and the truth will set you free. And then later on, he says, hey, by the way, I am the way, and I am the truth. And I am the only way, and, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. So really what Jesus is saying, you shall know me, the truth, and I, Jesus, the truth, will set you free. You guys following me? I love the book of John. The book of John uses a lot of extremes to show the point. It talks about light. And darkness is one of the main themes, right? It talks about truth and lies, which we'll get into. And those are opposites. It talks about love and hate. It talks about slavery and freedom. It uses these things to talk about us about spiritual things. And Jesus is saying, look, I am the truth and the truth will set you free. Point one, and it's very, very simple. Point one is this. Jesus sets you free from sin. 
Point number one, if you're taking notes. Jesus sets you free from what? Sin. You know, as Christians, as believers, a lot of times we like to make things very, very complicated. See, I'm a simple guy. I, I, I need to understand simple things. Maybe because I'm not that bright, but that's okay. Like, I just need to, like, my wife will tell me, like, she'll talk to me for like two minutes, and at the end, I go, What is it that you want me to do? <laughs> like, my wife will speak in code. I'm not smart enough sometimes to understand her code. She'll look at the trash and she'll go, Wow, there sure is a lot of trash. <laughs> and I respond to her, I go, There sure is. What she really wants to say is, honey, can you take out the trash? And if she says, honey, take out the trash, I will go, Diego, take out the trash. See, it's simple, simple guy. So right here, Jesus is very, very clear. Look, Jesus sets us free from what? Sin. Now let's right now go to verse 34 and 36, just a couple verses away. Then Jesus replied, follow with me, John 8, 34. He says, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free... Then you are free indeed. So now God and Jesus is using another contrast. Freedom versus slavery. Light versus darkness. And in a minute he's going to talk about lies and truth. And he's saying, look, not only will the truth set you free, but by the way, if the son, that being me, the son of God, sets you free, guess what? You're free indeed. That means it's done. That means it's over. But as Christians, you know, a lot of times we like to live in that past. Oh, we don't know our power as Christians. Because the enemy who is a liar lies to us and tells us all these lies. You're not good enough. Nobody believes you. God really doesn't love you. Hey, he can't forgive you you are no good when the devil reminds you of your past you remind him of his future which is hell can I hear amen so this verse goes on right here in this chapter, and Jesus starts talking to more. Now, you have to realize he is speaking right now to a group of Jews who are very religious people, who people are supposed to understand God's word. People understand, are supposed to understand being children of God. And let me tell you guys something. I know we are in a time of political correctness, but... I rather focus on biblical correctness. And God's word, I'm sorry guys, is sometimes offensive. And sometimes it offends me. Because it puts me in check. Are you guys following me? It puts me in check as a husband. It puts me in check as a father. It puts me in check as a son of God. 
It puts me in check as a worker. And there's all kinds of stuff in here that bothers me. And it frustrates me. It doesn't mean it ain't true. Are you guys following me? And so it's here so it can make me a better man, a better son of God. And eventually change my life so where I'm living a life of victory. And if that's going to offend me and frustrate me, so be it. I'd rather go to heaven a little bit offended than go to hell happy. So he's going to start offending some people here, the Jews. In verse 42, he says this to them. Hey, if, if I were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and now am here. I have not come on my own, but he who sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. The devil is a liar. And if you live your life following his lies, then the devil is your father. But many of you guys have made that transition from son of the devil to son of God. Can I hear amen? amen. For some reason, we still want to act like we're sons of the devil. Because some of us continue to believe his lies. I know daily for me, it's a struggle to believe the truth that God loves me. That I am forgiven. That I am a new creation. That God's plans for me are for good and not for evil. And every single day I need to wrestle with the truths. Are you guys following me? Because the devil still wants to have my mind. But instead of listening to the lies of the devil, you guys, we cannot believe the lies of the devils more than we believe the truth of God. In Philippians 4.8, it tells us how to train our brain. And you can just listen. It says this, finally, brothers and sisters, listen, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You see, because Christ has died for me, I accepted his forgiveness, and now Jesus has freed me from my sin. I am no longer a slave to sin. And if I believe that, that is the truth of God. So my life should show it. So I should walk in freedom. I shouldn't let those shackles of sin to dictate my behavior. Are you guys following me? So then it goes on. And Jesus tells them, you know what? Satan is lies. And Jesus identified him as what? Truth. Are you guys following me? Satan is lies. And Jesus is truth. 
I encourage everyone here to understand if you're a child of God, if you've made a decision for Christ, and if you haven't, we're going to give everybody that opportunity, who you are. My four kids have certain privileges because they're preciados, because they're my kids, and I'm going to take care of them. And there's certain guarantees they have in my home. They're going to eat. They're going to be fed. They're going to get a pair of Nikes once a year. <laughs> After that, they're on their own. They're going to be taken care of because they're my kids. And if we are children of God, we have certain guarantees of forgiveness, of being a new creation, of being free, of living a life that's true. But we've got to understand and we've got to live that. So our first point is Jesus sets you free from sin. Now let's go real quick to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. You can go First and Second Corinthians. It's not too far away. Then you'll get to Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. If you want to turn with me. And we're going to read the first verse here. And I love this. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Because Christ has set us free. But listen, I want to now focus, start focusing on not only what Christ has freed me from, which is my sin. But now I want to talk about what Christ has freed me for. Because it goes beyond just being freed from. The second point is that Jesus sets you free to serve. So point number one is Jesus sets you free from sin. Point number two is Jesus sets you free to serve. So when America won its independence and we won the great revolutionary war, Americans just didn't go, all right, we won, great. Now what do we do? Are you guys following me? America got into action. And listen, listen, listen. I know politically there's a lot of jacked up stuff in this country. I know that. I know socially, I know there's a lot of jacked up stuff in this country. I'm aware of that. But let me tell you something. There is no other country in which I'd rather live and serve the Lord than in the great United States of America. And that doesn't mean it's perfect. And that's coming from a Latino. Right? I understand it's not perfect. I've been a minority all my life. I understand. I love this country. And I love that the Lord allows me to preach the gospel right here in the United States of America. So America just didn't sit back and relax. You know what? We created flight. We created the light bulb. We're the first to walk on the moon. Created the telephone. Created the television. Of course, if you need a television, then we created the remote control. Back in the day, I was the remote control. The big Zenith TV, y'all remember that? I stood right next to the couch, and if it was the Channel 8, my dad would tap me on the head eight times, that meant Channel 8. 
I hated Channel 64. <laughs> created the electric guitar. Created the NFL. Yeah. yeah. The point is here is not that when we were free, we did nothing. As a Christian, when Christ sets you free, it's not to do nothing. What has he set you free to do? Right? We're free now. Let's not just sit around and not, not just enjoy the fact that, okay, we're, you know, we're free. Now let's go do something Christ has set us free to serve. To serve him and to serve each other. Can I hear amen? And if you're not serving, you're missing it. If you're not serving the Lord, you're missing it. If you're not serving your spouse, you're missing it. If you're not serving and loving your neighbors, you're missing it because Christ has set you free to serve. Right here in Galatians, it tells us. Right here, if we go to verse 13, it says this. You, my brothers, were called to be free. Galatians 5, 13. But do not use the freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. Listen to this. The entire law is summed up into a single command. That means if you took the Bible and you just boiled it into one thing, and what is this all about? What is this Old Testament and New Testament? What does it boil down to? It boils down to this. Love. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves me. Therefore, I should love him. I should love my neighbor. It's that simple. Let's not get it twisted. Let's love each other. Let's serve one another. And later on in Galatians, in Galatians 5, later on, if you want to follow with me, it says this in 17. For the sinful natural desires is what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit is what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. So that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Listen up here, guys. Listen up. This is God's word. So if you're offended, you know what? Take it up with the Lord. Are you guys following me? All right, here we go. The acts of the sinful nature, the lies of the devil, are obvious sexual immorality. I'm just going to let that one sit there. Impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousies, fits of rage. Let that one sit right there too. Selfish ambitions, oh gosh, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's God's word. If we're Christians, if we're believers, shouldn't we look like it? Shouldn't we smell like it? Shouldn't we act like it? If we're free, shouldn't we live as free men? 
not to indulge our sinful nature, but to serve and love one another. Now here's the opposite. It says this. But the fruit of the Spirit, listen up. Repeat after me. Everybody say love, love. joy, joy. Peace. peace, patience, peace. kindness, kindness. Goodness. goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's what we should taste like. That's how we should live. Against such there is no law. This apple, I can make apple pie with this. I can make apple juice with this. You know why? Because it's an apple and it tastes like an apple. And it looks like an apple because it comes from an apple tree. This orange right here, likewise, comes from an orange tree. It's good for orange juice. It's good for soccer games at halftime. Because it's an orange. Are you guys following me? So it tastes like an orange. What if I bit into this and it tastes like a potato? You know what? If we're Christians, we should look like Christians. Can I hear amen? We should have the fruits of Christians. Can I hear amen? This is a lemon. Now I know what you guys are thinking. A Mexican, fruits, and a lemon? Where's the hot sauce? That's after the sixth service. I'm going to make my little salad. My little tahin. And here's the point, guys, as I wrap up. Jesus doesn't cause me to live holy so I can make him look better. It doesn't make God more godly. It doesn't make Jesus more savory. When I live for the Lord, you know who benefits? Me, love, peace, joy, long-suffering, patience, kindness. And if I compare, compare that to the works of the flesh, which lead to death, that's what God wants for me as his children. And I'll close up with a, with a cool, cool story here. I'm part of this ministry called the Frank Ministry, which was started by one of the leaders here at the church. And it's a, it's a ministry uh, led up by women. And it, and, it, and it gathers women on a panel. And it shares uh, women's issues and filters them through a biblical, spiritual point of view. How many of you guys have ever been to Frank here? Marriage retreat, amen, amen. Who else, who else? Awesome. So once in a while they bring a panel together and include the husbands as well. And I met a couple the other night. Right? I met Ray and Vicky. Ray and Vicky, are you guys here? Where are you? Ray, stand up, stand up real quick. Stand up. Ray and Vicky, just come on, come on. Just stand up. You guys really blessed me. That's Ray and that's Vicky. You can figure out who's who. You're going to have a seat. Let me tell you something. After the service, they came up and we were chatting. We talked about prayer and we were having prayer. And Ray comes in to me. You okay to share the story, Ray? I'm cool to share this story. He didn't really have a choice, huh? <laughs> and we start talking. And I say, hey, Ray, how are you guys doing? Ray, Vicky, how long have you guys been married? And, and, and Ray, Ray, Ray goes, when I'm married. I said, okay. Start talking. I go, you guys living together? He goes, yeah. I go, okay. Then this conversation is going to change directions. 
are you a Christian? Because if you're not, that's a whole different conversation, right? Welcome to the church. Keep coming. We hope, you know, God speaks to you, right? Tell your friends. Right? Oh, but if the answer is yes, that's a whole different conversation. And so we just met that night. I looked at him and then, you know, I'm kind of a straight shooter. And I say, hey, hey, Ray, man, what are you doing? That needs a change. And Ray just heard me, and Vicky, and my wife was there too. And my wife stepped in. She's a little softer than me. So she came in, hello, guys, how are you doing? <laughs> like, I need that. Good cop, bad cop, right? Like, thank you. Because I was starting to just bother myself, you know. I said, hey, look, man, I'm just going to tell you like it is. If you guys want to bless, if you want God to bless this relationship, he ain't going to bless it the way you guys are doing it. Because you're calling yourself an apple. But you're not tasting like one. And he was hearing me. I said, look, this is what you do. This is what you do. Get married. You love her? Yes. Well, we're going to get married. Long story. And then my wife looks at Vicky. My wife's so cute and tender. And she sees Vicky looking up at Ray. And, and she goes, she goes Ray, you know what? Your wife, I mean, Vicky, she loves you. Vicky's like, yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> so I say, here's the deal, man. I will help you get through this and make it right. You will? Yes, absolutely. I'm in. If you want to make it right, here's my number. Boom. Take some time tonight. Talk, think, pray. And if you're serious about making it right, call me tomorrow. If you're not, don't bother. I get a call the very next day, Friday, from Ray. Say, hey, Marcus. I say, hey, Ray, how you doing? Say, how did, uh, how did, you, how did last night go? He goes, you know, we talked about it. We want to do it the right way. I said, yes, thank the Lord. Awesome. I said, look, this is the first thing you need to do. Amen. Amen. I'm sharing this story because I think it's very important than all of us. Because I guarantee you there's some of you guys here today living together. And you come in the church and you're like, holy, wonderful. Does that want to make it right? I go, okay, here, here's your first step. Purity. This point on. Purity until you get married. Purity. Will you commit to that? Yes. Now we're cooking with fire. All right. You guys are living together. I know it's so hard to just, we're not, I don't want y'all to be homeless. So like sleep separately, right? And then, so let's talk about, let's talk about some, 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 some uh, premarital, right? So we talked about it. Well, it's typically like a six to eight week process, this and that. You know, that's a long time to, you know. And I said, Ray, I'm going to offer you the fast track. We're going straight to the HOV lane, right? So I said, this is it. we can do it. Two, three-week process. And Ray goes, I'm ready to get married now. He said, you know what sounds good to me? The number 7-7, which is this Thursday. Thursday night is when we have that ministry in East County. He says, is it okay with you if we get married that night in front of the church right there at that ministry? Yes, Ray, that's what I'm talking about. Ray and Vicky are making it right. Let me tell you what, God is going to bless the socks off of your relationship. And people are hearing this right now and they're thinking, 
And some are uncomfortable. And if you're uncomfortable, good. And you know what? Stop living with whoever you're living with if you're not married. Figure it out. Not all roommates. That's opposite set. You know, I need to be clear. Like, like, everyone's looking for a roommate now. Ray and Vicky, your faith blesses me. And it's going to bless tons of people. But here's the deal. God wants us to live in a victorious life. And you know who's going to be blessed are you guys, your relationship, your children. This church is going to be blessed by you guys being faithful to what God has called you to do. And you're not a slave to sin. We are free, free to live and serve the Lord. Amen, you guys. We are going to close up a little bit differently today. We have communion, which we're going to partake in here in a, in a moment. And, and don't leave. I encourage you guys, don't leave. We're, we're about to wrap up. But I know in this room, I know there's people right now, right, who are kind of like living by those lies of the devil. And you feel trapped. And, and although, although you've come forward, although you've made a step, but your life doesn't show it. Your life doesn't show. You, 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 don't, you don't taste like an orange. You don't taste like a lemon. You don't taste like a Christian. Because you're believing the lies of the devil. But let me tell you what. If the Son has set you free, then you, my friend, are free indeed. And I want to give you guys a chance today to live like it. And that Independence Day would truly be an Independence Day. Independent from your sin. Independent from the lies and the traps of the devil. And I'm talking right now to believers. Are you guys following me? Talking to believers. And after that, we're going to give a chance to people that haven't made that step, that don't know if they've made that step to come forward, we'll give you a chance too. And we're not going to come forward today as much as we're going to acknowledge you where you are because I want us to spend a couple moments in communion. So just bow your heads and close your eyes, please, guys. If that's you today, if you've heard this message and you're saying, Marcus, you know, that's me. I don't, I don't want to live the lies of the devil. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed and you want today to be a day of true independence, you're going to sign that declaration of independence and you know war is coming, but that's okay because Jesus is on your side and you want to be free from your addictions. You want to be free from that daily, daily, those sinful things that come over and they just take you over and no more. Bow your head, close your eyes and if that's you, I want you just to pray, say, dear God, I know I'm your son. I know you're my father, but I want to be free, God. I want to live like I'm free. I want to feel like I'm free. I want to look like I'm free, God. Help me, Lord, to embrace my freedom, to break my addictions, and not believe the lies of the devil from this day forward. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if that's you today, just slip your hand up so we can just acknowledge it. Amen. Who else? Amen. Keep your hand up. Amen. Amen. All across the room, keep your hand up. Amen. 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 You can put them down. Now, this is for those that, you know what, you've really not made that step. And I don't want 
today to go by without a chance for you to have real, real freedom and say, Jesus, I want you in my heart. That peace, love, and joy thing sounds really good. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed. If that's you today, just say in your heart right there, it doesn't be out loud. Say, dear God, forgive me of my sin. Make me new. I don't want to be a slave to sin. I want to be a son of God. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just slip your hand up so we can pray for you as well. Who else? Amen. Amen. Slip your hand up. Amen. We see it. Don't be shy, man. Slip your hand up. Amen. Slip your hand up. Slip your hand up. Amen. Who else? Amen. Amen. Keep those hands up. Amen. All across the room. Amen. Up there, we see you there too. You can put your hands down. Lord, I thank you for freedom. Jesus, let me pray. Amen. In Luke 22, Jesus is with his disciples. And he spent time with them and he took the bread and they were having a dinner and he loved them enough to spend time with them. And he said, hey guys, this is my bread. By the way, he was kind of speaking in code. But you know what, I'm going to die. This bread, you have to remember that sacrifice that I'm going to make for you guys. And even though they were only taking the bread, later on they figured out, wow, God gave his body for me. Jesus gave his body for me. So if you're a believer and you've made that decision, whether you've made it today or whether you've made it 30 years ago, we invite you to join us. If you've decided not to follow Christ, which is fine if that's your decision, we just encourage you not to partake in this. Does that make sense? Because you don't want to hear the truth and go, yeah, I believe it, but I reject it. But then, yeah, let me take this. So just set this aside until when you're ready. Lord, I thank you that you've given your body for us. Thank you for it your flesh that you sacrificed that seed of the bread and then he took the juice and he just told him hey guys without right this is my blood this represents my blood we know this is not the blood but it represents us and he says without blood there's no forgiveness of sins and there's not enough cows in the world to kill to, to cover all my sin but one drop of blood of the savior Jesus Christ the son of God did it So as we do this, let's just reflect on his goodness and his forgiveness, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for shedding your blood so that we could be free. Why don't we take and drink of the cup? We thank you for this time, Jesus. Amen.